run out the door now. <laughs> Got your purse on your lap. <laughs> Welcome to the Interim Whisper Live, the show all about entrepreneurs, industry innovation, great leaders, and internships. Reminder, listeners, you can call us live on the air. The phone number is 407-582-2906. You can also chat with us online through Interpursuit's Facebook Live Chat. Coming up in this episode of Intern Whisper Live, a conversation with Justin Nguyen, looking when? for... New and I'm so sorry. <laughs> Looking for employers that provide awesome internships, sign up with Intern Pursuit. Go to internpursuit.tech today. All right, so how can you find us? You can find Intern Pursuit on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find the Intern Pursuit game on Facebook and also on Twitter. And you can watch us live on Facebook. Go to Intern Pursuit. Search for that. And you can listen to us live on the air. Again, the phone number is 407-582-2906. And chat with us online. We always love when you're chatting. Melanie, go live. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so hopefully we're going live. All right, so we are live. All right, so let me go ahead and start that over again. So you can find Intern Pursuit on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also find our game on Facebook and Twitter, and you can watch us live on Facebook. Search for Intern Pursuit. Um, you can call us live on the air. The phone number is 407-582-2906. And you can chat with us online with inter on Intern Pursuit's live chat. Up first is our first patron, Orlando Devs. We are a community of software developers in Orlando, Florida. Whether you love writing code or you're just getting started, you are welcome here. Their website is orlandodevs.com. Thank you, Orlando Devs, for being patron of the Intern Whisperer. All right, so students, if you want to work with one of our great employers or with Intern Pursuit, go to internpursuit.tech and create your profile to be matched. I'm really excited to say we have national presence. We have students from California to Florida that have signed up, and I'm really excited to see this grow. We also invite employers of all types and sizes to be part of our Early Adopter Beta Program. Early adopters pay a special price. It will be increasing first of the year. So if you want to be an early adopter and take advantage of that, be sure to contact us at info at internpursuit.tech. So we're going to be welcoming Justin Wynn to the Intern Whisperer. So welcome, Justin. What's going on? What's going on? It's great to be on. I am so glad that you're here. And I'm going to go ahead and let Melanie kick off our uh, first question. Yeah, so I was actually going to ask you about your schooling. You recently graduated from UCF. Um, what are some resources that you miss on campus or anything really that you miss about being a part of the UCF community? Yeah, yeah, go Knights. I mean, 
I didn't know that they had a podcasting um, facility. Um, I believe it's in the all night study that they've got that in there and you're, it's free to use for all students, which is really unique. Oh, wow. um, I got, I did one recording in there for another local podcast. Is uh, it like 24 seven? It's always being booked out or uh, I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how booked out it is. I've never, I never tried to book it. Um, I just been there once and it was oh, wait, You mean you just can walk into the room? Uh, well, my, th- the podcast that I was on, they had already booked oh, okay, it. So I, gotcha. I was recording for another podcast so i'm not sure how that kind of works but i know is if you are a student or i think even if you are a faculty member um you have access to it and it doesn't seem to be too widely used uh mm. from my understanding so so is it a room about the size of where we are right now Valencia? yeah it's kind of like this it i would say it's a little bit more souped up in terms of it has i think the like the the foam walls oh it's yeah, got um yeah. a whole bunch of mics it's got it's got more of a tech setup yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. Again, I was only there once. It, it could have changed um, since then. But yeah, it was really cool. That's something um, I utilize career coaches a lot. I started off just to get my GEB points, but I ended up going to my career coach, Mike Torres, who he doesn't work there anymore, unfortunately. But are there, Wait, when you say career coach, are they a staff member at UCF? Yes. Yeah, so it's okay. a staff member at UCF who is literally there to kind of like coach you through your career, essentially, mm-hmm. um, especially for me coming from... Uh, being a first-generation student, uh, my parents, like, they knew about business, they knew about school, but they didn't know, like, how to put me in the right direction, per se. Uh, so going through to someone who's actually worked and who actually knows kind of the financial uh, point of view yeah. uh, really helped me in guiding the right path, which is interesting because I'm not in finance anymore. Um, but it was really crucial for me to get my first internship. Mm. Really interesting. Now, the two people that are sitting across from us are both Knights. They mm-hmm. come from UCF. Awesome. And so Melanie is in the journalism and the broadcasting side. She was okay. doing her internship here to yeah. see if this is the path that she wanted to take nice. as a career. Um, I know, I'm not sure if it's available for broadcasting majors, um, but they do have that Shark Tank internship. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Um, I'm not sure. So there's I don't think I've heard of it. Yeah, so there the... I think the executive producer of Shark Tank, he's actually a UCF alum. Oh. Um, so every year, I think he only the takes... The UCF Shark Tank, yeah. not the no, big No, 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 I'm talking... Like the big national yeah, the, yeah, one. Yeah, the big oh. national one. Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, uh, the ex- I forget what his name is, but he's the executive producer. I know for the TV productions, um, it is there, it's a part of their, um, like you can be a part of it. Yeah. I'm not sure about broadcasting if yeah. it is or not, but that'd be really cool. Um, I know I have a couple friends that... Um, that keep telling me about it. They haven't been able to get into it, but they like fly you out to LA um, for I think 10 or 12 weeks during all the recordings. They put you up in a place, they pay you and whole nine yards. Um, So it's something that you should It sounds like it's really an elite program to get into. Yeah, I think they pick maybe 10 people. Don't hold me to that. I'm not 100% sure, but it's very selective. But you just have to pretty much show... um, why you should be a part of that so whether it's audio editing whether it's yeah. videographing whatever it may be pretty much proving your point and showcasing that hey i deserve to get that spot over x y and z you probably have to be doing something more than just a regular internship or probably something more than just getting good grades in your class yeah, um i would think so you have to show that you're you're valuable yeah you have to be really assertive in that area yeah and so we also have sydney lundy she Hello. is showing up you got to be like super close oh. to your microphone yeah. oh, and she's here. from ucf and hey. i think communications right yes really interdisciplinary studies and i know that's confusing to most people no we 
our listeners know what that is. We get we it. Okay, great. It. So it's half yeah. communications for me, half commerce, and I have a film minor. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right. So um, what piece of advice do you think would be really valuable for networking? Because you just came back from some, a big week of networking that mm -hmm. you're going on. I know you're a big networker and you work LinkedIn. So what do you think would be a really good piece of advice for our listeners to do Yeah, on that career path? Of course. Um, I hate the word networking uh, because mm -hmm. it feels very transactional when you say it, mm -hmm. especially when people use it in the business world. They're like, oh, you need to network to get to that next level. And for me, when I tried to network to get to that next level, it never felt authentic. It was like, oh, I need to talk to this guy because he's going to lead me to um, getting this person on the podcast or it's going to lead me to getting this internship or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. When I started to actually just making friends with people and like yes. learning about their story and like having a genuine conversation and not just talking business, but talking about, oh, they like hip hop or, oh, they like soccer. Relationships. Exactly. And building on that, then it actually led me to more opportunities um, in life. So I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, the MLS All-Star game was in Orlando. So I went to um, the open FIFA qualifiers just because one of my boys is the, uh, the FIFA eSports player for Orlando City. Just came out mm -hmm. to support him and I played in the tournament. Was just chatting with people, saw that this one dude, everyone kept coming up to him. Everyone kept coming up to him. I was like, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. So I just started talking to him, and um, I was like, hey, I got to go uh, meet with my girlfriend, but I'll be back for, like, the after-party por uh, portion of it. Came back uh, around, like, 7 p.m., said what's up to him again. He's like, dude, you need to meet my sister-in-law. I was like, who's your sister-in-law? Just happened to be the VP of marketing for Wells Fargo, wow. and Wells Fargo is a huge sponsor for MLS. Wow. So because of that, I got into a whole bunch of like the private parties mm. that you don't hear about. Exclusive. Um, all of these things, That's mm. and that's where you actually can meet the right people. Mm -hmm. You have to get kind of access to those parties that people don't know about. Because like, for instance, at those parties, I met Kaka, I met um, Charlie Davis, Jimmy mm. Conrad. All of these are like U.S. men's national team players. Kaka is one of the greatest soccer players ever. To, to step foot on earth. And these are also around like MLS executives too. So what I mean by that is you can't go into it expecting because when you go into it ex with ex expectations, highly successful people can really notice that. Mm -hmm. yeah. But when you go up to them and say, hey, like I know you did X, Y, and Z. I would love to learn about, I'm a young person. I would love to learn more about how you made that jump from college to career or whatever it is they're more open to it because it feels authentic and yeah, genuine. Exactly. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it, if it feels like you're just trying to come in and either sell me something or, you know, use me in a way. And I think it's okay to, I, I don't want to say the word use, but essentially I think people, we do that. Mm -hmm. um, but it should be a two way street where there's um, not a transaction going mm -hmm. on, but, you know, a real relationship. Yeah, it's definitely a science. And the, I think the only way that you really get to learn it is by, like, just forcing yourself to go out to these places. Um, I was a really quiet kid. Uh, I find that so hard to believe. Like, I was, I was <laughs> the quiet kid that I'm quiet because I analyze a lot. So I'm always the person sitting in the back of the room trying to figure out who's talking to who, how are they talking to people, how are they acting, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. what is it, who are they, who's the player in the yeah, room, all of that. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I do, and then I analyze in my head, and then I go, and I'm very specific on, like, who I talk. Because what a lot of people like to do, especially at these networking events, is, like, how many hands can I shake? How many business cards can I give yeah. out? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we've all been to those where it's, like, you don't even remember who gave you what card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I started to do is I started treating it differently. I was like, let me make three really good connections every time I go out that actually remember me and I actually remember them. So then when I do hit them back up, whether it's the next day or whether it's in, in a week, 
they actually remember me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference. That's what a lot of people don't realize. So especially like career fairs, students will try and hit 50 companies, 20, 50 companies, because they're like, oh, this, this gives me a better chance. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if that person doesn't remember you, you're exactly right. You are so <laughs> right. Because I have, in one week, I had 200 people apply for internships with me, but also with some of the employers that are a part of Intern Pursuit. And it's, I'm looking at all of them, and the ones that had taken the extra step, they reached out, they contacted me. That made them somebody that I was more interested in because they weren't passive. Mm -hmm. They were really taking an initiative, and that's important. Yeah, it's like, because uh, I've gone to a few conferences now, and sometimes I volunteer, and I'm the mic runner. And it's like, how do you position yourself best to ask that person a question? Because obviously, especially if you're going to a big audience, you're competing with hundreds, if not thousands of people mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. How do you get noticed? You have to figure out who's going to be that mic runner, who's going to be the person choosing, and then you constantly talk to them. So like when you're walking in, if you said hi to me, I recognize you, say what's up, blah, 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 and then you raise your hand while because you want to ask a question, I'm more likely to look at you than that random person that's just raising their hand just because in the back of my head, I remember your face. Mm -hmm. So whenever um, my uncle gave me this piece of advice where he's like, you need to always be friends with the janitor and the security guards. That's good. Because and the receptionist and the executive assistant to whoever you're trying to get Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah, because Gatekeepers. those, not necessarily just the gatekeepers, but they're the ones who know where everything is going to be going yes. on. Yes. So they can place you in that place where that celebrity is going to be walking through. All of a sudden, you're in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, and you never know when that person is going to be that gatekeeper for that instance. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I've kind of realized and noticed is like, hey, say hi to that doorman because you never know. That might be the person that's passing around the mic. Mm -hmm. And if he remembers you and he thinks that you're an authentic, cool person, you probably have one point against uh, for you than that other person who's just randomly raising their hand to ask a question. Yeah, the maitre d' or whoever is also running the convention they're going to know where the people are at the tables, the main, mm -hmm. you know, the main people at the tables that you want to connect with. And you can sometimes say, okay, can I get as close to this table as possible? And they'll hook you up. Yeah, as long as you're nice. And it's something that's really weird, but it's like... Because they the look business. invisible in the room and people don't pay attention to them. Mm -hmm. And when somebody acknowledges them, it's a big deal. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You just got to be nice. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So who are your leaders? Wait, let me go back one. Um, I know we were talking about this before the show started, but, um, well, I'll back it up even more. Let's go to your business name. Where did the inspiration come for the name of your business? Yeah, so Get Show Grind Up kind of came out of a joke. It was a little bit of banter between me and my boys um, on my Snapchat story and on my, uh, my Instagram story and stuff. Mm -hmm. People used to always, like, joke around, like, oh, you're just getting good grades and getting good internships because you're Asian. I'm like, ha, mm. it's not a bad <laughs> thing. Like, I'm not complaining. It's yeah. not a bad stereotype. But I'm like, okay, let me show you, like, the, the actual work that I'm doing to get these good grades to uh, – to get these good internships. So I started saying, or started going on like my Snapchat story of like coming home from Universal at midnight and then going into studying for a couple hours for that exam or um, staying up late to go to this late night networking to meet the right person. And then at the end I would say, get your grind up. And my girlfriend was like, you need to make him something more memorable. So we changed your to Cho. So it's kind of a little There's bit. A little bit of slang street talk. Exactly. Yeah. A little, and it's something that kind of like an unseen consequence of it was like people started thinking that my last name was Cho because I'm Asian, and it's like I wish that would have <laughs> been perfect. That's hilarious. That would have been perfect. I wish it was, but it's not. Um, but yeah, get Cho grind up. It rolls off the tongue. It's really catchy, especially with like our target audience of the younger generation, millennial mm -hmm. Gen Z. Um, they they really understand that. And 
basically what we're trying to do is really impact students, help students uh, succeed, whether it's going down the traditional route or the non-traditional route, because mm -hmm. school has been kind of shoved down our generation's throat, um, whether it is for you or whether it's not. And we tend to believe that it's not necessarily right for everyone. Mm -hmm. But I would agree with you totally. Yeah. I and you know I'm not your generation, but school isn't for everybody, and there's so much available out there that you can, whether it's Udemy, you can do total self-learning and get yourself that career that you're looking for. It doesn't have to be through certifications of of regular academic, um, the regular academic world. What I think is valuable for most people is. It's a transition period because they're trying to figure out who they are. You seem to be ahead of the curve. Mm. And so they begin to go, okay, what do I want to do? Who They're trying to figure it all out. What career, what industry? They don't even know anything about industries. So it's uh, exploratory, if nothing else, and a way to experience a transition from leaving home to that next step of getting a job. Yeah, no, For 100%. the masses, they might need it, but for people that are really driven, um, I think that you can totally bypass yeah. it. I mean, I think the idea of college, of what it's, it's interesting, right? Our whole lives, we're kind of pitched that college and university is supposed to be that educational piece that puts you on that next yeah. level. But I think the real value prop of college is more of the atmosphere and the experience that you get by being around um, different sort of people from all around I the agree. world, yeah. um, et cetera. And the thing that is in the back of my head is like, that's great and all, but is it worth thousands upon thousands of dollars? And it's like, eh, it's, it's a balance that you have if to kind of play. If you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, anything like that, yeah. one of those types of pro uh, professions, absolutely. But for some of the other things, exactly. maybe not. Yeah, like if you're being a doctor, please do really good in school. Yeah, um, I want I the A doctor. <laughs> I don't want that C or B doctor. Exactly. Like <laughs> I hope, I really pray that my doctor is an A-plus student from Harvard yeah. or whatever because yeah. I want that. Yeah. But if you're like someone who, like for instance, for me, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do in life um, when I was graduating high school. I just broke my leg my junior year, and I thought I was going to play uh, pro soccer, and I was getting I was getting D1 uh, scholarships, etc. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Junior year comes, all that stuff gets scratched off the table, and I'm kind of like in an identity crisis of what do I do now? And college kind of helped me because I was kind of push down the doctor route because my parents were like, you need to be a doctor, engineer, lawyer, whatever. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll combine my love for sports um, mm -hmm. with exercise science. So I was like, I'll be an athletic trainer, hopefully do it for like a sp professional soccer team or something. When I started taking that classes and I was like, this is really not for me. I think that's the beauty of college of like, you can fail, but you're, since you're around people of such different minds, they can kind of help you mold into the path that you didn't even see yourself. So mm -hmm. my roommate, the reason I got into finance was because we play this video game called FIFA. And on FIFA, there's kind of like a stock market of players. Players are worth um, coins, a certain amount of coins. And you can trade it like a stock market, um, buy low, sell high, essentially. And I was really good at seeing patterns. And I made a million coins within like the first three months that the game was out. Wow. And That's my roommate was like, dude, why don't you do this in real life? Like, you can make yeah. some serious money. And I'm like, what do you mean? I didn't even know what finance was at the time. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of, he pushed me down that track of um, telling me things that I didn't even know about. Yeah. That's, that is amazing. That is a great story. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's impressed. the beauty of college. And it's like, how do you put a price on that? I don't know. Yeah. But you're really self-aware because the fact that you could see the patterns, I don't think that a lot of people are as intuitive to their... Well, I was playing it for the video game. I just thought it was fun. I was like, the more coins I get, the better players I can buy, the more I can win. My roommate was the one of Who like... Who noticed the pattern. Yeah, he was like, dude, this is real life. 
why don't you just yeah. do this in real life? I was like, okay. Because I, I didn't even know what economics was. I didn't know what finance was. Right. To put it in perspective, when I told my mom I was switching my major to finance, she was like, mm-hmm. you're not going to make any money, even though finance yeah. is like... Literally, like, finance, finance is all about money. money. Yeah, because so. we didn't yeah. even... Real, like, we don't even understand what finance was. Yeah. Because especially coming from like an immigrant background, uh, I tend to see that the reason that they kind of force their kids down like the tra- the traditional of doctor, lawyer, engineer, etc., is because that's what you're kind of told in movies and TV yeah. shows mm-hmm. and that's what they see, that's what they read. I mean, yes, you can if you know business, then you know finance is a big portion of it, but if you're not involved in business at all, you're really only told that lawyers succeed, doctors succeed, um and engineers succeed unless you're watching Wolf of Wall Street and who wants yeah. their son or daughter to be the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, no one. Not a great <laughs> example. Yeah. No, no, no. That I, one's not. I think like just hearing you speak, it shows the importance of just knowing yourself and what's best for you. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, exactly. Because I feel like what often leads people to failure is that they're so fixed on the path that um, other people are mm-hmm. making for them that, and they can't fulfill that. And then that ends up just... Taking you in a wrong direction, or yeah, you're not doing and well. you end up not being motivated in your work or your school or what you're studying, and then that's just where like failure comes from. Mm-hmm. And I don't think failure is a bad thing because yeah, I agree with oh, you. Yeah. Like I, I had uh, told some of them that I had flunked out of school when I went to FSU, and I got sent home, and I went, okay, that's real humbling. Um, <laughs> I'd spent too much time with the ex-boyfriend at that mm. time, and it was very eye-opening. My parents said, well, if you want to go back to school now, you're going to be paying for it yourself. And again, very, <laughs> very different. So I did. I put my, I worked full-time. I went to school full-time. I did it at night, and I made those A's. I was on mm-hmm. that president's list, and it all of a sudden it became really important. So hard, lard, hard life lesson to learn but really valuable in the end. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Um, 100%. Totally. So what do you enjoy about being an entrepreneur? And we were talking about this, and you're going to tell us the difference. And then what are the challenges that you're experiencing? Yeah, I I personally don't think I'm an entrepreneur just yet. Um, people like to label me that, um, and they, they throw that label at me. And I understand why, because I'm kind of living my own life right now. But I'm not necessarily self-sustained. Um, one of the biggest challenges of being an entrepreneur is like, how do you make money? Yeah. And I'm not the biggest salesperson. I've never been that type of person. Mm-hmm. And obviously without sales, there's no money. So yeah, I mean, you don't live long. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like I, I made a lot of money interning um, through my college years. And I would highly suggest if you're in college to find lucrative internships because they are out there. Um, and that's how I've been kind of financing myself over the past uh, six to eight months. Um, trying to figure out how we're going to create money, how we're creating a business plan, et cetera. Um, but what I do love and enjoy about it is that I get to really control my schedule. And I know people say that all the time, but over this past, I want to say four or five months, it's been really crucial to me because since um, I think in February or, or March, I was able to go to South by Southwest for two weeks. Oh, that's M- an awesome It place. was an amazing conference. conference. Yeah, I got to meet a whole ton of people, had a lot of fun. Um, and then in May, I got to go to Japan with my, uh, my aunt's family for a couple weeks there. Um, just, got, um, just came back from podcast movement. Um, I'm going to Dubai for a speaking engagement in October. Um, and you couldn't have those opportunities. I probably wouldn't be able to because who's going to, like I had a job offer doing consulting for the big four, comp, uh, for one of the big four firms upon graduation, and they're not going to let me take 
five weeks off within the first three months of work. No. I yeah. highly doubt it. They're going to be <laughs> wanting me working 60 to 80 hours. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's something that obviously it's great, but you have to learn how to handle it at the same time. And I'll be completely honest, those first kind of four or five months of like, oh, wow, I'm not a student. I don't have to worry about classes. Yeah. I don't have to worry about money right now because I have a good amount of savings. I was just and you living were life. Wise. You, yeah. were, you <laughs> saved your money, yes. which a lot of people don't always. Yeah, think about. I, I've yeah. always been fascinated by kind of money and how to save it. That's initially why I went to UCF. Have the money work for you too? Yeah, because um, uh, coming from Connecticut, very expensive up there. And if I, I was planning on going to UConn, but I was also looking at schools down here. And UConn, the cost. If I went to UConn in state. It would still be ten to fifteen thousand dollars more than if I went to UCF in state. Mm. So saving a crap ton of money there. Yeah. Um, and I just thought like long term, I didn't want that debt to to really be held over my head. Mm -hmm. As a, I mean, thinking about that as a senior in, in high school, but yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, or burden your parents with mm -hmm. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, they've done way too much for me. I don't want to put any more on their shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Because if you were it sounds like you were phenomenal in soccer, and to be that good, that's a big sacrifice for the parents. Oh, 100%. Because it costs so much money. Time and, and money. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, we were driving two to four, no, four hours, no, four to eight hours every weekend to play yeah. in New York, Boston, et cetera, every weekend. And registration um, fees and everything. Oh, yeah, it was it. crazy expensive. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation of how expensive to play soccer it is in this country. Well, any sport. Yeah, soccer is crazy though. Soccer is like if you want to play at the elite level and like get noticed, you have to pay about 10, 10 G's a year. Wow. Mm. wow. Yeah, I know it's that <laughs> way for like gymnasts, for dance, yeah. you know, for any of those. Wow. It's very expensive. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so who are some leaders or mentors, living dead, you know personally, you don't know, that mm -hmm. have shaped your thinking and helped you grow? I know you've thrown some names out here, mm -hmm. but it can be whatever level you want. Yeah, I would say in the business world, what really got me learning about it is uh, Gary Vee, Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay, yeah, I was um, going to say explain that to our listeners because not everybody knows who he is. Yeah, Gary Vee, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, huge marketing mogul on all social media platforms, kind of growing like crazy. But he's kind of the one that I started seeing on YouTube and stuff that talked about the business world in a way that I could understand it. So that's what led me there. Um, still follow a bunch of his content. And then he's very real and he's very raw. Yeah, he's <laughs> very raw and he's very brute, which is kind of the type of person that I am too. So I totally resonate with a lot of the things that he says. Yeah. Um, and then another kind of idol mentor leader are my parents, my grandparents especially. Um, so both my parents are Vietnamese refugees. They came over when they were around 10, 12 years old or so. Oh, wow. Um, so no, they left everything from back home. And my, my grandfather's story is pretty incredible of, like, he tried to escape two times, got thrown into jail both times. They're like, if we catch you again, um, you're not getting out. As a child or an adult? No, as an adult. So he was okay. trying to escape with uh, my mom's side of the okay. family. Yeah, so... Um, it was after the Vietnam War. And then on this third try, he was like, we need to split up the family into two groups of four. So the first group went out. They were no food, no water on the boat. Uh, luckily got picked up by a Navy ship, I believe a Philippine Navy ship. Um, and then the second group came over. My grandfather knew zero English. He was very um, well off in Vietnam. So he left all of that. Came over to the States, 
again, didn't know English, graduated college in two years, um, has several patents, um, um, many of them being the computer fans. So he's one of the first people to kind of help create the computer fans. Wow. So without him, computers would overheat essentially. And I'm like, if this dude can do that, not knowing any English and graduating in two years, yeah. what's my excuse, right? So exactly. that was kind of like, I need to get my own grind up. Of like once I heard that story, um, it's like, yeah, I can't be lazy anymore. Because in high school, I was really lazy. I was a really lazy kid. Um, you mean like in the academic pursuit? Because it doesn't sound like both. that you were very driven in your sports side. Uh, I was driven in sports, but I was still lazy on the field. So mm-hmm. I was I was like that kid that was very talented, was like gifted, so to say. Yeah. Um, but I didn't work hard. And I was kind of that entitled kid. And then when I heard my grandfather's story, it was more of like... It smacked you in the face. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I, I can't be taking this for granted, especially when I saw what I could have done in soccer if I worked harder. Like, kind of the reason that I got hurt was because I didn't work hard. Oh. I got pushed, like, I was a center mid, and I got put to center back because I didn't run as much, but I was a good mental reader of the game. And because I was playing center back, I tried to go into the tackle, and the kid stuck his studs uh, straight up to, to my shins, and I Ooh. broke my leg. Oh. Um, so it's like when I look back on all these things, it's like I might have been able to avoid that if yeah. I worked harder and I kept my position. Um, so it was just kind of these little realizations of, like, all right, Justin, you need to get your grind up. There's, there's no excuses anymore. But each one of those, I don't know about everybody in the room, but I think yeah. that those events that happen in our life, they they do help shape us, and they help us go, okay, never again, because it takes incredibly mm-hmm. hard lessons. I think we're stubborn mm-hmm. as people that we're kind of prideful. You know, there's just so much about it. It's like, okay, you're going to have to get, suffer something tremendous to make it, so that it gets your attention. Yeah, no, 100%. It, it's it's crazy. And I kind of get those lessons through my parents and after I've learned about their stories because they don't really talk about it much, um, which I totally understand. Is but it really painful for them? Yeah, or, it's or tough. Or they don't want to relive it? Or? Yeah, it, well, because it's like they were, like, imagine a boat, like, around this size, but, like, 20, like, probably 30 to 50 people are like shoved crowded. into there, yeah. and you're floating into who knows where. Like, my dad's uh, my dad's side, I guess their story is even crazier of, like, um, they were on a boat. They were they were boat people um, in Vietnam, and they were just like, okay, we're just going to leave, apparently. And they were out of food, out of water, didn't really know where they were going. And as the story goes uh, from my grandfather, uh, they were pushed ashore by either a killer whale or by a dolphin. Mm. So, like, very lucky out of all things. Obviously, who knows what was true or what was not, hallucinations or whatever. But, like, just hearing that of, like, that's a possibility and that probably happened is insane of, like, I live in the U.S., so you were born here. You're, yes, you're I was US born citizen. here. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is crazy learning about how they came over here. I live in the U.S. I have a roof over my head. Um, I'm literally probably able to do whatever I want in terms of trying to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I've got no excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that takes a lot of maturity. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really impressed with your your story and your family's um. it didn't happen like people are like oh why why can't you talk to like my my high school student like motivate them more i'm like i was worse than your high school student <laughs> like i was yeah. literally i didn't do anything i did all my homework at home i didn't study i barely ran for soccer all that stuff like you think of like the worst possible person of like being gifted and not working hard that's who i was yeah, yeah. and like i realized like oh i need to do 
a lot more come uh, come college when I realized like my par- uh, my parents and my grandparents. Are generally. you an only child? Uh, no, I have a younger brother. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he at least maybe learned from your example. Yeah, he's like he's like I don't know where you came from, like where it came from. So he he's a funny guy. Uh, he says that he was like abducted by aliens because he's like <laughs> had a whole mental shift of. But he was like your kind of mindset from high school to what you're doing now in college because he wa- he watched me. I was working like three jobs at one point um, in in college while maintaining. So you went to school, you studied, and three jobs. Yeah, so I went to school, uh, maintaining high GPA. I interned at Lockheed Martin for 25 hours a week, worked part-time for 25 to 40 hours a week at Universal, and then also worked at a startup um, at the same time for about two months. You're like the dream. I was was just like, I need to try as many things as possible because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, So I was like, I'm getting paid to do it, so why not? And I didn't realize, like, time. I didn't have the concept of time, of, like, spending too much time doing something. Yeah. So I was like, why not just not be at home and make money? So. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that people do not realize their potential. And I've mm-hmm. said that to several people. You know, you're stronger than you, what you realize. You can do more than what you realize. And you really need to push yourself. And it, it can be that you're putting in lots of time. But you were trying out different experiences to figure out what is it that you want to do and see, is this the industry? Is this really where I, is this the job I want to do? And it really brought you to this place where you are now making your own destiny here. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, if I don't, if I can't see myself doing this for 30, 40 years, why am I going to continue doing that? Yeah, it's about the passion. It was scary, yeah. Yeah, totally get it. Yeah. So speaking of industry, I kind of want to go into the conversation of your career fairs because mm-hmm. we did our research on in-person career fairs versus like online career events. Why did you want to go into an industry of a niche career fair? So basically what we're trying to do with this is what I remember when I was going to career fairs, right? It, yeah. it feels kind of like you're, you're – cattle being herded essentially right you're in a room with 2,000 people 200 companies and it's like there's too much going on sensory overload and what I realized is even though I had let people will say like the perfect resume high GPA intern um, high GPA involved in clubs blah 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 when I was trying to get my first internship I couldn't even get a call back so I applied to like 50 internships um didn't get a call back and I was like, what is going on? I'm doing what everyone told me to do. And the way that I got my first internship was like, I went back to Connecticut. I hit up one of my, my good friends that I played soccer with um, in high school. And I realized, uh, noticed that he was um, the college unit director for a financial company. And I was like, hey, um, see that you're doing well at this financial company. Uh, I'm in finance. Uh, would you like to grab some ice cream or something? Because I, I watched in this YouTube video yeah. of this dude. He was like, if you, if you want to go on dates with, with uh, girls, ask him about the ice cream because no one says no to ice cream. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, changing that concept of like meeting with someone, no one says no to ice cream. So I was like, let's yeah. grab some ice cream. That's uh, true because I don't drink coffee. So yeah, I would some say yes say to no. ice cream. Yeah, some people <laughs> say no to coffee. Some people say no to drinks. Um, but, like, ice cream is kind of that, that universal thing. If they say, oh, I'm healthy, like, I don't eat ice cream, like, oh, let's, sorbet. Go get, let's get sorbet or froyo or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how one thing led to another. That's how I got my first internship. My second inter- internship came from meeting with my career coach all the time. Again, after even having um, the number one financial internship on my resume, when I was reaching out and trying to apply to places, I couldn't get even a call back. 
mm-hmm. and I was trying to figure out was like my name tied back to like a criminal or something. So my name wasn't <laughs> even getting tied like the computer or whatever. And it got to a point where my career coach got frustrated and he, he really loved who I was that he went up to um, the director of the CWEP program at UCF, so Lockheed Martin, and he was like, you need to get this guy, this kid into the program. Mm-hmm. And so one thing led to another, and that's how I got the internship. You had to have some yeah. type of a champion. Exactly. You need that champion. And when I realized that, it was like the reason that students are going to these career fairs in their minds is like they need, they want to find that champion for them. But when you're competing with 2,000 other students, it's hard to really stand out. It is. You know what? And this the funny thing is when everybody's in high school, they're all trying middle school and high school. They're trying desperately to fit in, and they all look alike. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you should never do that. You're, you're, mm-hmm. We're born to stand apart. We're bo- born to be able to stand out and let people know who we are and what our gifts are. And so that seems to get awakened in college, but it doesn't actually hit the fan until like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking for a job, and you you can't look like everybody else. And how are you going to do that? You've got to have. And I also believe we're really built for relationships, mm-hmm. and it's about talking with people yeah. and getting to know them exactly like what you're saying. Hundred percent. So yeah. that's why we want to create like these more niche. So we're thinking about a hundred like intimate. Yeah, it's more show. so you can have an actual conversation with that person because you can't really build a relationship over a thirty second to a minute conversation, especially so like if you've speed, got yeah. kind of a speed dating uh, kind of a thing. So no. So what we're doing with this event is we're we're having the um, the career uh, portion of it in one area. So it's going to be like a traditional career fair, but since yeah, but since we're having keynotes and uh, panels going on at the same time, we're hoping that the crowd control portion of it allows for shorter lines because there's nothing worse. Because I'll go to um, the UCF career fair and there'll be like a thirty to sixty minute line at like Lockheed Martin or Disney or something like that. And when you're a student and you get up there and you're all dressed up, you're you're scared, you're anxious, you're nervous, Mm -hmm. and then you also have a hundred people behind you waiting for their turn. You, you start stumbling over your words. You don't know even what to ask. You feel pressure that you need to get this conversation done in 30 to 60 seconds. I want to get rid of that that atmosphere and create a more open atmosphere mm-hmm. of some of these private events that I've gone to where even though you're a celebrity is standing right next to you, it's not like a celebrity meet and greet where it's like, oh, let me take a picture. Okay, bye. It's more yeah. of let me have a conversation with you. Let me get to know okay. your story. You're going to have to have ice cream there then. Hey, maybe. <laughs> Maybe yeah. if they some allow type us. Of a, yeah, some type of little <laughs> frozen treat and you're sitting around the table and you're just eating and saying, okay, tell me about yourself. And then everybody at the table can get to know each mm-hmm. other. That's, that's the interactivity port. So we're, we're requiring companies that want to attend to have some sort of uh, interactive portion to their uh, booth. So most career fairs, you go in, you maybe pick up a sticker, you might pick up a T-shirt if you're lucky, mostly pens. Um, and it's like, great, cool, I have some office supplies. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's it's like you forget about the company. You don't, you probably don't even know what that company yeah, does. Yeah, and right? a lot of times it's like Halloween. People are just running around picking up stuff. Oh, I did that. Yeah. yeah, I would say if yeah. you're a college student, you're foolish if you're paying for any school supplies because yeah. you just go to one of those at the beginning of the semester. Yes. You can pick yeah. up yeah. 20 <laughs> pens. You can pick up a bunch of notebooks. You can pick yeah, up a backpack. Pads. You can yeah. get the things for the back of your phone. Oh, yeah. Like I just came back from Podcast Movement. I've got a backpack full of probably six, seven, eight shirts in there, a brand new backpack, um, cups. I so (laughs) wanted to go. I really wanted to go. And I'm really glad you told me you were volunteering at it. And volunteering is the way to go. I, I think when you go to conferences, you don't sign up to just do it in the traditional route. I like to volunteer because I have these different types of conversations with the speakers. I mm-hmm. have access to the speakers mm-hmm. because 
now I'm a volunteer. Just kind of like what you were saying about, oh, the person that is the, the janitor, the mm -hmm. custodian, or anybody in charge of the banquet, you know, it's a different... Yeah, they look at you different. And a lot of times they don't know that you're a volunteer. They think you're a part of like the paid staff or whatever. Yeah. So they're more open to introducing they themselves are. to talk to you or whatever. Yeah. So like, for instance, at the South by Southwest that I, uh, me and my girlfriend went to in the spring, I got to meet and talk to and have like a five, 10 minute conversation with the CEO of Anchor. Um, so the podcasting company. And I was like, oh, this mm -hmm. is pretty cool. And I was like, I would have never been able to do this if I'm asking a 10 second question and then I get pushed to the back mm -hmm. of the line or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so volunteering at these events, especially if you don't have capital to buy those like VIP tickets um, is a really neat hack to get around. I agree. Things. That's yeah. what I yeah. always do is I sign up and go, okay, where's the conference and how can I get there? Yeah, Especially the smaller ones. If yeah. you can get, do the smaller ones, you'll get more time with these people. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break, a patron announcement. Mel, I'm going to let you read it instead of me. All right. Our next patron up is Starter Studio. Starter Studio is a pioneering hub for innovative and tech-enabled entrepreneurs that empowers and provides resources for entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators to begin, grow, and flourish in Florida. Through community education programs, accelerators, funding, and collaborative workspaces, Starter Studio fosters a community, serving as a platform for the ideas of the future. Their website, starterstudio.org. Thank you, Starter Studio, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer Live. I could have a conversation with you for like half a day, for <laughs> and and just like I'm I'm so vibing on what it is that you're talking about. Okay, so what do you think the future of career fairs will look like 10, 20 years out from now? I mean, I hope it's something like that we're trying to build, something that's more interactive, something that's more than when you walk up to a booth, um, the representative tells you, oh, just check out what we've got online. I think it needs to become more interactive, and I think that once companies realize the more interactive booth that they create, the more interesting internship that they create, they're gonna start to attract more talent. Yeah. And that's, I don't think that companies understand that um, because a lot of their internship programs are just that, internship programs. Yeah. And let's say I go and intern at, um, for instance, like Foxtail Coffee, right? Um, and I interned for them, but it's a really interesting internship and I learned a whole bunch. I'm going to be talking about that for the next year, two years, mm -hmm. three years, et cetera. But let's say I go intern at a Fortune 500 company and I'm just doing paperwork or I'm just doing Microsoft Excel sheets. And, and people don't engage yeah. with you. Exactly. Um, then it becomes this thing that either I'm talking badly about that company or I'm talking... I'm just not talking about it. Like, for instance, there's one company that I interned with um, where... I was like, okay, let me just go and try to meet as many people as possible. And I set up, uh, I met with my VP early and my SVP early. They loved chatting with me that they tried to set me up in different departments so I can learn all about this company. Mm -hmm. And I had maybe 20 to 30 meetings set up for the rest of the, the summer. And I was like, okay, this is perfect. This is what I wanted. Mm -hmm. The next week when I come in, I guess my, uh, my internship coordinator found out she shut them all down without even telling me. All of a sudden, I come back into work, and it's like, cancel meeting, cancel meeting, cancel meeting, cancel meeting. And I'm like, what is going on? I chatted with her. She said, I don't want you wasting their time, um, blah, 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 blah. So like now, when people ask me about interning at that company, I tell them about the culture that was there. And especially if you're only accepting the best of the best talent, they're going to probably be around the best of the best talent. So if you're company has a bad reputation with that one person it kind of spreads like a virus mm -hmm. so that's why I, yeah. I think that the best way to attract talent 
is by treating that talent like their talent. Yeah, and I think it is, I think you hit the nail on the head also. It is about an experience, and when an experience is good with an intern, it's, it should be good for the person that is that mentor. I think it's always best to have like one to two mentors, at least inside of that business. You need an industry mentor, you need a technical mentor, but then the rest of the people can give you life experience and they enrich it. You were trying to get a whole idea of what it would be like in every single department and have a very holistic, large mm -hmm. view of it. I was just trying to learn. Yeah. Um, and that's my whole thing of like kind of how I treat life is... Were they open to letting you even just no, go they and have lunch? It. They accepted yeah. it. They ex they. So Somebody I had set it up. No, yeah, I had my VP and SVP, their uh, assistant, executive assistant, help set up all the meetings. They m personally messaged them and said, hey, we have this student who's working XYZ. Um, he's trying to learn about the different parts of this company. Uh, would you like to meet with them? Yeah, and they that put it like on the lunch calendar. Conversation yeah, too. it was like 30 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes. And I was like looking through the list of like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm having meetings with these people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I come in and it's like, yeah, all Got your shut meetings. Down. Uh, That's awful. Yeah, and I talked to, to the person um, who helped set them up. She was like, yeah, I don't know why she did that, but that's that's just what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So obviously she can't do anything about it. I can't really do anything about it. I expressed my opinion to, to the person who shut, them, shut the meetings down, but, I mean, it didn't really change anything. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. But it didn't stop me from getting some other meetings on board. So, Well, were <laughs> you ever an intern, and what was it like if you were? Yeah, so... Well, you shared those stories. Yeah, I've interned for five different companies, I think, when I was in, uh, in college. Uh, three Fortune 150 companies and two startups. Five is a really good amount. I really appreciate you sharing that because I think it gave you a lot of insight as to what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I, I know I said that earlier, but I think it's normal now for people to go for three, four, and five is like a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I really looked at it as, again, that like kind of learning experience of do I really see myself doing this? And especially in finance, it was a lot of Excel. And like when I was going through it, I was like, yeah, I really don't want to do Excel for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. um, so when I did that internship, I went to another one just to see if that culture was different in a different industry in finance. Uh, same type of thing. So I was like, okay, not for me. I uh, interned at a couple of startups. One startup's culture was pretty poor. Um, and that kind of taught me of like who I don't want to be like. It was very yeah. money focused. Uh, so I was like, okay, let me not be like that. Totally get what they're doing. They're succeeding in their own way, but that's not how I want to be. Mm -hmm. And then I interned at another startup where I was like, okay, this is great. We kind of signed on because we had this one vision. Um, but when it kind of came down to things, uh, it just didn't work out. Like yeah. he, he didn't really want to do what I was asking him to do, even though I was more experienced in the field that I was trying to help him out with. Like financial modeling? Uh, it was more of marketing. So oh, gotcha. at that point, I was starting to transition into marketing. So I was trying to help uh, this guy out with his marketing thing, um, but it just didn't work out that way. Got it. Yeah. So it happens. So I, I'm pretty sure you're going to say what piece of advice. It's obviously to get relationships, be intentional, be strategic. Um, tell me if I'm hitting all of the marks. Yeah, you're hitting everything there. And I would say the one thing that I guess I haven't really touched on is how to utilize LinkedIn through all of this. Yeah, that's um, a good one. So I'm huge on LinkedIn. I love it as a platform. And I think especially for students, it's really underutilized because everyone is showing on that platform, but they're not necessarily telling. So when you go to someone's profile page, especially students, it'll usually say, um, finance student at UCF or integrated business student at UCF, which is great. You're, you're telling them what they technically want to hear. 
But when they come to your profile, how do they know that you're actually credible in what you do, right? Let's say you're a finance major and you're, you actually know how to financial model and you actually know how to use Excel. Put up a video of you, like a screencast of you doing Excel, of you doing a VLOOKUP, of you creating a graph, whatever it may be. So when that recruiter comes to you or comes to your page, they can actually have proof that you know how to do something. Mm -hmm. When I started talking to recruiters and uh, HR people, they're like hiring a college student is one of the biggest risks um, on the table because, yes, they have internships, uh, experience maybe, but they don't necessarily know how credible all that stuff is. Yes, they have a degree, but again, it's not necessarily, they can't, you can't show what you learned, like what does an A mean when it comes mm -hmm. to financial theory? What does an A mean when it comes to maneuvering an Excel sheet? Mm -hmm. And you can put proficient at Microsoft Excel on your resume. I guarantee you 99.9% .9 of, of finance majors have that on their resume. Yeah. So how are you different? If you have your, your LinkedIn page and you're creating content around um, the latest earnings report or and then how you've been tracking this or company. Even, not even content. Well, I agree, content. But, like, you're you're making comments about mm -hmm. the things that are out there. What did Bloomberg say, you know? Exactly. What's going on? What are those trends? Like, pay attention to that and demonstrate your expertise in the comments that you're making. Yeah, you have to, you have to, I always tell people, show, don't tell. People That's are sick exactly and tired right. of being told. Like, uh, I mean, you see all the time that students will put anything on their resume, which I get because you're trying to compete against everyone else. But if you, let's say you're in marketing and you can show that you've built an Instagram page to a thousand followers, that's way better than that student with a 4.0 who has nothing to show that they know how to use hashtags or SEO or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's all about being creative, especially if you're not uh, the quote unquote greatest student. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's the key differentiator. Man, I am enjoying this show, but I know we're getting yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> towards where we're supposed to be wrapping things no up. No worries. But, um, okay, let's talk about uh, Rebellion Rally. That was mm -hmm. an event that you put on, mm -hmm. and you had a really good response. But I love the social side where you were charging for it, but then you gave it back to a chair. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's something, it's a community that we're, we're looking to build, especially in like the sales community. It can feel very... Uh, transactional, whether it's a networking event, you're just there to change cards, um, trying to get some business from someone. We're trying to change that narrative by every single time we have one of these events, uh, we're looking to have a learning aspect to it. So providing value up front, and again, building that very cultured community of, we want to help you out, not necessarily take business away from mm -hmm. you. Uh, so for like people who are in the Orlando area, they might know of Tab Tech and Beer. We want to build probably a similar community to that where it's everyone's trying to help each other there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited about that because I unfortunately couldn't make it to your event, mm -hmm. but I had three things going on that night, and no yours was one of them, but I'm going, okay, next one. I, I actually want to be able to participate, but, you know, on your side of the table too. Um, podcast movement. Mm -hmm. Let's go through that really quick, mm -hmm. and then we're going to be wrapping up our show here. So tell us what podcast movement is, where is it, and what could somebody expect for the rest of the week? Uh, yeah, so podcast movement, it's, I think it's the largest podcast gathering. That's um, what they say. Largest I think they in say the it, right? It's like yeah. 3,000 attendees or something crazy like that. Um, but it's a really interesting place to go. It's in Orlando uh, this year. I think next year is going to be in Dallas. It ends, I think, midday on Friday. And I think it's at the Rosen. Yes, it's right? at Rosen. The Rosen yeah. Hotel. It's at Rosen Shingle Creek. There's like Creek. three of them downtown mm -hmm. and on I Drive. Mm -hmm. So it's a. It's all about podcasting. Today they had Pat Flynn and they had uh, John Lee Dumas. 
tomorrow there's a whole slew of people speaking. I think in total they might have like 200, 300 speakers or something crazy oh like that. Oh, my goodness. Um, so it's it's insane amount. I don't know and too many off the top of my head. But it's got a really unique uh, exhibit hall uh, section where you can go through. Spotify's got a huge booth giving out, like, coffee. Um, Himalaya was giving out strawberry daiquiris today. Um, mm. There's, like, a free beer and free petting puppies section over there. Oh, puppies. Yeah, so there's a, and there's a slew of, like, Zencasters there, uh, Headliner. All of these kind of podcast help companies are all there trying to show why you should do business with them or use their service or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Uh, so it's a great event. You get to meet a lot of cool people. I met and got to talk with John Lee Dumas a little bit today. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just a really interesting uh, time to be in podcasting. So you're going out for the whole event, right? All week? Yeah. So I volunteered today until two and I volunteered tomorrow until like one. Um, and then it's kind of just uh, being able to enjoy the event around that. But I didn't really set up my schedule the best. So I have a whole bunch of meetings to run in through. Uh, through the time, so I don't know how much time I'm going to be able to spend mm. there. But the time that I am volunteering, I'm using it more as networking rather than volunteering. Relationship building. Yeah, exactly. We'll go with that. Okay, so moving down, we're going to transition on out. All right, so we always give thanks to Valencia College for being able to be in the studio. We love being in it. We thank you, Q. He's our station manager. He's awesome. And we enjoy the staff that allow us to be able to work out of here. So shout-outs. Melanie. Um, I guess I'll just give a shout-out to my family who's visiting from New Jersey. Shout-out to yeah. the family. Yes, shout-out yeah. to family in general. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? I mean, uh, you just came back from the cruise. You should probably say thank you to the parents. Oh, yeah, thank you to my mom for paying for my ticket for the cruise. Yeah, yes, she went you, on this phenomenal <laughs> cruise. She came back looking all nice and tanned and everything. Nice. Yeah, really relaxed. All right, Sydney, you're up. Hey, I want to shout out Isabella for letting me come on this great night. Oh, and I you're welcome. thank Justin and Melanie for being awesome. And I really enjoy your story, Justin. And thank I want to follow your business on all platforms. Of course. And I really like what you said about LinkedIn because I also slept on LinkedIn. But now <laughs> I know how to effectively use it. Yeah, it's a so great platform. that was a great tip. Yeah. And that's my shout out for today. Justin, you're up. No, shout out to you guys. Uh, it was a great, great time chatting with you guys. Shout out to the Intern uh, Pursuit Nation out there listening and tuning in. Uh, shout out to Get Your Grind Up Nation, too, because obviously without you guys, I wouldn't be here doing that. Yeah. Um, just keep on keep on being you. Get your grind up and just have fun. Have fun and try things. Yes, I agree. And so my shout out goes to you, Justin. Thanks for being a guest on the show. Really excited about it. We're taking our guests up a whole nother level. We want to have really great guests that create engagement. I want to say thank you to you guys being across. You made all of the show happen. And then shout out to everybody on the Intern Pursuit team and also on the Pivot team. So thank you guys. So you can also find us, contact us at info at internpursuit.tech. Phone number's on the website. Go to the website. Go explore. Check out our game. Check out other previous episodes on our podcast. All of that good stuff. And as we close the show, we want to thank you, our listeners. So we're going to be signing off. Good night. Peace.